end of the day, it's um, it's all relative to to the little toppings I put on top of it as well. So, so you're talking about the metal Chinese horse, yes. which was because Matt's born when? But 19th of June, 1990. And what does so it what does it mean? Talk, talk well, me through the so metal horse. What I'm finding here is. Well, first off, I give you the traits that's actually compiled a lot of uh, a lot of the famous people who are also metal horses. So, do you realise you might have some same traits as James Blunt? Really? Rolf Harris? Well, I saw James Blunt's uh, missus yesterday at a wedding. She's nice. He's doing. Oh, yeah, he's, he's, doing he's doing. He's doing right. Um, <laughs> Rolf Harris isn't doing too good though. Fucking. <laughs> <laughs> Other names such as Calvin Klein, Gordon Ramsay, Katie Price, Denzel Washington. Well, so of, interesting because so, Gordon Ramsay obviously got a huge when, when it comes to his professionalism or is, is what he does for Mate, a job he does a lot of fizz these days as well he hits Iron Man he's a, he's, a, he's a fizz ninja he's, but, a, he's a beast but his characteristics mate have you got similar characteristics I don't know I don't, I don't swear at people for a living well this is it yeah you, you, do, you curse them don't you <laughs> I do yeah so the, reli- <laughs> so, so what the reliability of the internet is saying the horse is brave secure and upfront. They are ambitious and are a great innovator. They love yeah. a challenge and take great delight in solving complicated problems. Mm, that's nutrition. Well, they like it? to have a certain amount of independence and resent any outside interference into their affairs. <laughs> I hope mean, Brownie's not listening to this. Oh, wait, she doesn't. No, she doesn't. I don't think she listens to any episodes. It's quite good, actually. That's good, then, isn't it? Um, you don't have to have your interference. They will find that they are particularly <laughs> well suited to partners that are tigers, goats, roosters, and dogs. Well, I'm a goat, so if you're ever swinging this way... Maybe we partner. <laughs> I should know that the thing is, she'd kill me because I can, I can never quite remember which month her birthday is. As I long as she's not that. an ox, you'll be okay. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently oxes are too serious for you. Really? Yeah, and intolerant. So is this all... Is this all a monkey or a rat? So this is, uh, yeah, we should... The Feng Shoe Store, traditional and authentic Feng Shoe. So that, what, that's, the, that's the title of... Of the information that we're that's talking the, about. That's the website that this is on. Fengshuweb.co.uk. Oh. About Chinese medicine. This is quite good. This is the first podcast I've done where we can look stuff up. Yeah, that's it's really important. You're, not, you're talking some hard facts here. Google is hard fact. But it's useful because we can actually talk about things and we can we can make like assumptions and statements and then, and then we can have them Actually back up. them up yeah <laughs> yeah. that's what people are doing aren't they yeah but mate it's so perfect listen to it and then we're like these guys are talking absolute shit <laughs> yeah there's nothing wrong with that though because then we can because then as long as you say I'm not really sure look that up it's quite it's interesting but it's like the gout thing about what I said about the gout and then you, yeah. you then you actually looked it up and I was and I was and I was right I was well like, yeah well, so I was yeah, type three, in 3% of people over 60 have uh, 3% of females above 60 have gout compared to a much higher percentage of men. Mm. Men, and men are just riddled with it, aren't they? Mm. But can you type in what percentage of people in the world have leg length discrepancies? Because I've met four over the last three days, <laughs> and I'm pretty sure the percentage is very, very low. Unless, of course, you've had you know trauma during your life where you. So you talk about someone's leg that's longer than the other. They, the amount of people who have come to me, and pretty much, and they don't know what's going on. With, with this person's injury, for example, um, for a physio, and they would, they would be like, oh, yeah, you've got a leg length discrepancy, I think it's that. And I'm like, well, there's been no major trauma in that person's life for them to warrant having one leg shorter than the other. So at birth, 
what is the the ratio of people with leg length? Interesting. I think the most in-depth study, according to this, was actually done on military personnel, military recruits, when they joined the military in the US. 32% of military personnel had a one-fifth to three-fifth inch difference between their leg lengths. That's a huge percentage. So that's probably, oh. that's 16 to 25-year-olds, I imagine, 16 to 30-year-olds joining the military. What? 32%. I don't want to sound stupid. I think, what, I think that's a fit at one fifth up no, to three No, I don't fifths. believe that. That's a lot. Yeah, I don't believe that. Of an inch? Yeah. How do they, measure, how do they measure this? I, know, I don't want to sound stupid here, and people are probably listening, thinking... No, but we're, how, we're, how do you there's work science, because we were... Uh, no, no, but how do you work it out? How do you, how do you, what's, what's the standard measurement for measuring someone? Well, can a, be pretty a ruler. <laughs> yeah, just, is it just tape measure at the base and then? It's a curve. Yeah. The length of the femur, really, or the length of that included with tibia. So reading on. How many people have got this American study? It goes on to say <laughs> the overgrowth occurs most commonly when, the, when, the, when the recruits were young children with femur fractures. Oh yeah, so I'm, I want to know the stat at birth. Yeah, so we're to make, we're not talking about people that have had injuries or like Harry said trauma. You only the research guy. <laughs> he's, he's researching well, wrong yeah. wrong stuff. God I sake. Should, uh, well, I told you, I, I, we'll I, I you told on. you at birth. <laughs> Unless of course you've had an injury in your life where it has resulted in, you know, yeah, a shift in your length. <laughs> yeah. So we'll, I'll let you research that, and then we'll say you went back. You'd said you met four people. In four the people house. in three days. They were like, Oh Pines. yeah, I've seen a physio. Yeah, yeah. Well, and my dad as well, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, maybe my dad said it. I looked at my brother Ed, and I was just like, literally, we had a conversation on the way over to dad's. No. Saying, Why are people just saying they've got leg length discrepancies? It's just sort of, it's just an absolute cuff, because that person who's been diagnosed with leg length discrepancy is hardly going to go home and get a fucking tape measure out and go, you know what, the physio's right, actually, yeah. Yeah. I've, my femur is, is 51 inch, 51 centimetres, as opposed to 53.6 as an average. Right. <laughs> Depending on who's... So you're, saying, so you're saying that it's not true? I'm saying, yeah, it's absolute saw. bollocks, yeah. And, it's, and I said to that, I go, have you had any major injuries? Like, any like, real trauma to that leg? Mm. So like, no, no. Okay, so you're born with it? He's like... No, so where did it come from then? And that's what they said to him. So a physio yeah, said that. Yeah, his physio is the same. So did he go in with pain and he and then they were like, "Yeah, you've got a leg length discrepancy, sir." Yeah, in other words, the guy can't solve it, so he's like, no. "I think we'll just blame on the leg length." Yeah. Okay, so oh, he's back. The NCT. <laughs> go on, what's to say? <laughs> One to three percent. In the world. In the world. Yeah, I I I said I quoted him two percent, so that's what? quite a lot of people. How many people but they don't. They don't all live. <laughs> they don't all come to no. me, do they? No, they don't all go to a Marlborough. <laughs> yeah, they're all walking around Marlborough and like all limping right over there. <laughs> and then the high percentage then knocks on into hip dysplasia. Yeah. So what's the definition of hip dysplasia? I'll let it show you after that. Yeah. No, that wasn't a question to you. Yeah, <laughs> that's interesting. Mate, this is useful having this on the pod. <laughs> Look, this is can you can you follow me around and, and we can do this together maybe we should optimise the show I actually do have I've got a mic but then it doesn't fit into this because I need it in a laptop but I didn't think that you just guys would have one of those uh, table things no but I have I've got I should have brought it down so it's a it's a big um, my mate Chris that did the, the, the bread guy that I did the pod with he lent it to me so it's like a circle and it has a kickstand 
and you just yeah. plug it into there. So yeah. everyone can hear us now because it's better because it's in person. I've had a load of messages yeah. about when I because like I have some people that come in yeah. and I do the WhatsApp and record it through there. So a few people have direct messaged me on Instagram saying, "Mate, I like the podcast, but I can't, can't hear it. Can't hear it. No, that's <laughs> yeah. frustrating, isn't it? Yeah, these two different tones. It's like we were watching Gladiator the other day, weren't we? It was a, it was a great film. But when there's like a you know a, a action scene. It's really loud, and then when they start talking, it's just really quiet. <laughs> yeah. It's like you got to turn up, turn it down. It's, inconven- yeah. it's inconvenience to the to the viewer and listener, <laughs> isn't it? You got to find that optimal the optimal volume. I think yeah. our TV at home is like fourteen. If I go any lower, like you can't hear anything. Yeah. Or if I change anyway, Brian shouts at me. But yeah, of course. <laughs> we know who the boss. Don't go around the fourteen. The bosses, mate. You can't be talking about the horse horse metal. You can't be interfering with this stuff. Yeah. It just comes back to the traits. No, she can't interfere with me. That's what That's I'm what doing. I mean, yeah. She can't interfere with your business. Oh, yeah, okay. Make, yeah, like I said, make sure she doesn't Can I print that out? <laughs> can, we get a print, can we get a printer here? Just passive-aggressive notes around the house. <laughs> like, you can't interfere. <laughs> oh, man. So, but, you know, big feed, wasn't it? Dinner. Yeah. Huge. Roast potatoes. Not shades. Yeah, Ozines. I love Ozines. You've been to an Olengi restaurant before? Well, I was reading my mum's, right, my mum's the other day, and she was, uh, she's got an Olengi recipe book. I was reading that. It's great, man. Yeah. So, he, so, he knows what he's doing. I think he's brought out one called Simple, and that's his most recent. Yeah. He used to go to a little cafe, actually, in Camden called The Coffee Jar. Is he, is he a restaurant there as well in Camden? Got a few of them scattered about. I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, it was mega. Have you paused it again? Don't don't pause it, mate. Just yeah, let it it's going, it's going. It's, we we we're yeah. rolling. We're live. Lovely people. Big feed up HQ. We're ten minutes in, so we're experimenting with a different format here. So I want to see if it was. Oh, there's a difference between pause and stop. Is yeah, stopping, stopping. <laughs> Stop, stopping's end of the episode, so we're not going to do that. We're just going to let this roll. Right, yeah, yeah. But you can pause it, but there's no need to. We just let it roll, mate. It's one of those ones where it's just a conversation. We're yeah. just recording a conversation. There's no, there's no direct theme. Or oh, no, uh, of course. But we're on the pro- on the conversation on Motolenge. Yeah. And notice how I pronounce his name at the end there. That's very good. He's just being... Of course you know how to pronounce his name, because you cook overseas like him, mate. Yeah, they're yeah. absolutely mega. That's Sumac. Um... Because you were saying that people can get it wrong because they can they can get they can get the temperature of the oven not right and they just get sort of watery. What's well, cooking aubergine? Yeah, a lot of people fry it, don't they? They think, oh, chop it up, dice it up, fry it. Big circles. It's, it's, yeah, there's a big difference between you know flame grill is the best with an aubergine, <laughs> but it's got to be based in oil. That puts people off. What kind of oil? You don't want to lead people down to the sunflower oil, do you? <laughs> I'm not really. Well, the rapeseed oil. What oil well, to be fair, about? if you're cooking chips, sunflower oil is the mega. You do a, tri- a, a triple triple cook um, on the sunflower, mm. and it is, 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 is fantastic. Different level. Yeah, it's crisp. But I just use, you know, Jamie Oliver's... Uh, <laughs> Threw him in there. Greek. Greek uh, olive oil. Olive oil, mate, yeah. Mate, that's you, shouldn't, you shouldn't really cook an extra version, should you? That's what they say. It's more yeah. of a dressing. yeah. Well, it's got a lower smoke point, isn't it? So they say that olive oil, you know, light fry or keep it keep it raw, but... 
Sometimes you just want it, but sometimes you just want to fry it. It tastes good, you know. You like a bit of butter or, or a bit of coconut oil, but then sometimes you don't have those, you know, really fancy putting those fats in, or you put them in and they just don't seem to, they seem to not burn, but they just melt into the pan and you don't have that yeah. extra. Mm. Yeah, I love that. To be fair, I don't like aubergines, but you made them really good. Well, it's, yeah. Well, thank you for that. But also, uh, the seasoning helps. <laughs> the seasoning makes it taste, doesn't it? I like to see an aubergine. What have I done? Right, that's the thing. You've got to season your food, so if you're going to make it... But you, yeah, you, you can season it with dry herbs and season it with fresh at the end. It just makes such a difference to the palate. Maybe your herb box. Yeah, yeah. Everyone listening to this, if you've got a windowsill, get involved. It looks good. You know, aesthetically pleasing if you've got loads of chives hanging down. <laughs> Not your chives, mate. Your chives there are just falling apart. Well, oh, yeah, I mean, they saw some direct sunlight earlier. So they, that was like Boris choking. Johnson's head, mate. It does, doesn't it? <laughs> Okay. He's deep in the research, right? He's not. He's not listening to us. Oh, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just waiting for a question. I'm All right, you doing, doing my own thing. <laughs> oh yes, yeah, so you, you, you need You do your own thing, and then we and then we asking well, questions. Yeah, yeah. You two well, well, we don't need to. Mate, what's what's the optimal to... condition for? Uh... Don't start making questions up. You need to. Well, I want to know what the optimal condition is <laughs> no, for, you for your have fresh a conversation, herbs. and when you want something answered. Yeah, yeah. Look that up. Look that up. So if people are going to have herb. If you want to have herbs in their in, windowsill or you know most people are going to be listening to this in a flat in cities unless you live in a lovely place like this and they're mm-hmm. going to have a window box and they want to put their herbs out there so what kind of temperature do they need in their house yeah, like today the tribe saw direct sunlight which made them it's hard though isn't it because people can't very regu- flaccid people yeah, can't yeah, regulate regular, people can't regulate temperatures there. That, doesn't, that doesn't make any sense well it's not regular tem- temperature but it's regulating the location in which they're going to Okay, that's it. You know, but if you were to regulate temperature, sixty-five to seventy. That's Fahrenheit. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, yeah of course. But let's. We're in. We're in. We're in the UK. Yeah. How many? How many foreign listeners have you got? International uh, listeners. Guys are foreign. I can look that up actually. One or two. I can look that up. Will this keep recording? Well, I'll leave it at the moment. Well, that's but, um, that's, that's his job. No, but I can go on. I can go on to my profile on SoundCloud and I can I can look at how many. Um, where people are listening from it breaks it down pretty well it lo- breaks it down in terms of towns and cities as well. yeah yeah I'm sure people have got to be careful maybe they do I'll tell you what happened the other day I had a mate that was in uh, he came into London lives in Norfolk and he was coming in to see a girl and um, one of his mates gave him a buzz mm. who doesn't live in London but was there viewing houses and he picked up the phone he hadn't spoken into him in a while and he was like um, this guy just straight off the bat was like, are you in London, mate? Um, are you in Paddington? And he was mm-hmm. like, yeah, how, the, how do you know? And he was like, it popped up on my Facebook. Yeah. Yeah, and Ed hadn't logged on. Ed hadn't, like, sh- sh- put, you know, I am at this venue. You know when people crack their own... Right, yeah, yeah, say, yeah. like, I've attended this or I'm here. Yeah. You can see it. But he hadn't done anything. But I think he had some kind of, I don't know, some setting on where his mate was in London... And he was house viewing and he had an hour, so he just <laughs> looked up who of his Facebook friends were near him and Ed popped up. Really? So they were they were like they were like five minutes from each other and he just got a call and was like Yes, yeah, Ed, Ed, Ed hadn't spoken to this guy in like months and he was just yeah. literally like, I know you're in Paddington, like do you wanna hang out? And Ed was like, How the hell do you know that? And he was like <laughs> it's, Facebook said it. Yeah. Oh, it's intense, isn't it? That's weird. Yeah, yeah. Because he, he, he didn't share his location or do anything. He was just, because his phone was on, 
and he has a Facebook profile. This guy found him. Maybe. We know um, that yeah. other. That's weird, isn't that it? Other social media network has built the whole thing on that now. The Snapchat thing. What? The Snapchat changed for maybe a month ago, and it's now it's all heat orientated on the world map. So oh, you yeah. log into Snapchat, you go on the world map, and so you go over London, for example, it'll be yeah. red hot, and then you zoom in, zoom in, zoom in. You can zoom in to maybe like 20, 25 metres along roads to see where the heat is and who's using Snapchat. Then you click on that heat, little bit of heat, and it goes into their phone and shows you what they're snapping. They're snapping on their phone. No. In in real time. So you can find someone. In real time. What? Yeah. That's ridiculous. So when you send the snap, so you I could be send off a little heat signature. So I could be filming my herb garden window, yeah, on windowsill, snap, cracking on it, and, yeah. and, and, and Harry and then could like, you got that red dot in your chest. Red dot it, and he could see the leaves of parsley, like just, yeah, yeah. those tribes hanging down like Boris. Yeah. So if you're so, if you're somewhere remote, it's very what? easy for people to pick. They go, oh, what? Why is there some fucking red dot up in the Lake District? They click on that, and it's oh, someone's fucking snapping up. He's big feeding up his uh, yeah, so wild good. garlic. Yeah. The whole the whole app is now based on it. Well, yeah, well, you can't get away with foraging uh, certain places, can you? People get really angry about that. I was on a foraging course recently and they were talking about that. What's it? Not common land. What is it that you can't... People are turning up and like bagging and tagging mushrooms. Really? <laughs> yeah, there's a restaurant because there's a restaurant in, I think, is it Sweden or Denmark or something? It's got really famous for Absolutely. foraging foods. And now it's kind of like swept over Europe, and there's more legislation against it well, because well, the local because of this restaurant because yeah. obviously they'd gone out and just been been taking and taking and taking, and then now I think there's like more strict rules on it than there. Um, you you lads should do that. You probably know more than me about that because you, you two are in the outdoors a lot more than me. But it was eye opening, <laughs> mate. It was eye opening. Two of them, two. Um, it's a good course. God, what was it called? Oh. How good is that course? I forgot. <laughs> but there was two that were exactly that looked exactly the same, and all you could differentiate from them was the the hollow stem of one of them, and the others, if you look closely, the hair, the distribution of the hair on the leaves was slightly actual... different. And uh, if you ate one, you're dead within two hours. And if you ate the other, it's it's like a it's like it's a nu- nutrient dense salad leaf. Jesus Christ. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But you have to go. You it's know, rock, they, that's a rocket. That is. But you go in. You know, you go in. You were, we were off like we were in a forest step forest and you, it was quite it was it was near a kind of water and it was quite thick and you you know you, if you're trudging through there you're kind of knee deep in foliage and i don't know you've got to be pretty it's a random decision to pick something like that up and eat it but i think you'd be really really stuck if you were if you weren't foraging and then you made the mistake and you yeah. died i understand that but i don't think the average person would be cracking well you just think off like the trail and pick up some leaf well probably... if, if you're walking with a cutie kid or something like two-year-old yeah, and he goes off problem. and just chews something some of it was mega some of the tiny little leaves that you think are weeds there was like a sorrel and that was citrusy that was one of the nicest things nice maybe well, we could have done that today on the sumac actually i wonder what the i'm just looking up the the death gap is the one in Britain, isn't it? Oh, was it that? Yeah, I'm just trying to look it up, find it something. Intense. Oh no, that yeah, the death gap's the mushroom, the one in Britain. That oh, will, mushroom. That'll mess you up, yeah. All right, I was, talking about, I was talking about flower. Look, mate, look up a puffball. Puffball. Those things are big, man. I wanted to find one of those, and the guy was like, "You're not going to find one in this region, and also it's not even it's not even the time of the year." So I was like, "What did I book this course?" We booked it too early. I wanted some big mushrooms, and he was like, he was like "You're not going to see mushrooms in April." I was like, "Damn it, puffball mushroom." Yeah. 
It's like a football, isn't Decidious it? Decidious forest grows in a tropical climate. Alright. Quite a way away there. I wanted to walk around and just see some gigantic mushroom. Mate, go to Cornwall, mate. You get those purples all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you, can make, you can make tea in Cornwall. Mushroom tea. 70 centimetres in there. Mate, it's a mushroom. Yeah, it's interesting. I wouldn't spoil it. Yeah, lovely. Sigmatic are a big company in America who have taken a bit of that. Mushroom coffee and tea and stuff. They have small amounts of extracts in it, but it's just taken over. Helps relieve hoarseness of the lungs. Mm. Mm. Hoarseness, yeah. It's good for those uh, drama students. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, look up for look up for Sigmatic. They're a, they're a company that put in um, uh, lion's mane and a few other things yeah, into, lion's in, mane. into coffee. Mate, they put it into coffee. They're making a fortune. It's just a good name, isn't it? Lions. Like, yeah, you would have that, wouldn't you? Lions Mane, just because of the name. Yeah. You know. Yeah, four sigma. Like all those lads out there trying to grow a beard, get some of that Lions Mane down. Yeah. <laughs> so four sigma, sigmatic only sell crowns on. They don't Mate, have a we're onto something here. Huh? We're onto something. What? Um, Lions Mane. Lions Mane supplement for beard, beard growth. <laughs> <laughs> all the hipsters. All the yeah, go to Camden. Mate, yeah. maybe we could get it to sponsor the show. We'll build a company. Well, actually, no, we don't want to build a company and sponsor the show. We want other companies to, <laughs> to sponsor the show. Yeah, lion's mane mushroom is common, commoner ingredient, though, isn't it? I bet all sorts of lefties are putting it in. Something, yeah. All kind of drink, all kind of drinks and bars and. Oh God. Yeah, yeah, bars. Yeah, smashing think... that Bristol market, aren't they? What do you um? If you boys were going to pick up a bar on the go, I know your body's temple, Harry. What do you, what do you tend to, what, what have you gone to in the past? What's a, what's a go-to? Because I know your brother Ed just like cracks the grenade bars. He'll take a beeline into Holland and Barry. He'll take a beeline into Holland and Barry and get the get the grenade bar on a Tuesday afternoon. And try, try for me, try bars. Try bars. Fantastic. Yeah, they're they're meant to be they're meant to be quite really tasty. really good, really good. They've got some interesting ingredients in them. They make protein. Uh, powder as well, don't they? Try now. Do they? They really? Well, Pol- Polson, they've got quite good, you know, powders, but yeah, their bars are awful. Yeah, it tastes weird. Shocking. What from a taste profile point of view? Yeah, it's you know very cardboardy and yeah. How do you sweet, sort that? Like you know, like that's the thing, isn't it? Can you get can you get one that tastes good but then is actually full of you know? Well, you know, like a naked, you know, the naked mm. the D. They're good. They're just like dates and mm. whatever. They are good. They actually. taste good. A lot of people were raving about those bounce balls, you know. Mm, no. Oh, I don't know. But then again, grenades are just. Yeah, bounce balls. They're good. Quest yeah. Quest was all the rage a few years ago. God, man, all cliff bars. They're worldwide. Those things aren't they? They just make you go. They just give you the shit, don't they? Those cliff bars. <laughs> they're like targeted towards like you know outdoor. Yeah. You know. Adventurers. I don't think I've eaten one. Constantly in the bush, squatting. Actually, no, I did. I ate my first one. Um, I went to the, out, the Banff Film Festival. That was really good. And I was just sitting in... Banff, was, USA? No, it was, there was one here. It was in Highbury and Islington. It was a great oh. outdoor <laughs> film festival, mate. It was great. It was in a church. It was so good. There was a uh, some decent short films. There was a chick that took herself out to... Oh, I don't know where she was. And she dug a hole in the ice with this axe and just dived in. She was swimming under, yeah. You know, like thick sheet of ice. It's, it's, it's a certain very uh. There's a sport. I mean, that's borderline stupid, really. It's intense, yeah. She's been, yeah. <laughs> she's no, but it was, it was like she, 
seem to know what she's doing, but I don't understand how anyone can withstand that kind of cold. But it's like that Wim Hof guy, isn't it? Um, who else was in there? Oh, yeah, these two lads went to the Amazon and well, he, he, they got a couple of locals to help them, but they spent three days chopping down a tree and then a week building a canoe. And then they, yeah. they like, took the canoe down um, tons of rivers and stuff. That was I think good. I saw, what was that one? It was like an outdoor film festival. Um, oh, okay. Is it Banff? I'm not sure. It was good, but then it was just, yeah, it's intense. So I'll show you the other week about them hollowing out some tree for a canoe. There were some weird bits in it, like they were talking about how obviously they were ill and everything was coming out of them and stuff, which is fine, it's part of it. But then there was a scene where they'd used a drone, they must have used a drone, because he was lying in this boat in this part of the river, completely naked. And then, the, you know, there was a skyline view of him and he was like this. And you think, how, like, surely they didn't set that up. He's just, trying to just, capture some sort of... Yeah, like how bad it was, but no, no one's going to... You know, you're not going to be in the middle of in the middle of the river, like naked in this boat. Just Mate, why not? About. You know, no one's around. <laughs> yeah. You should. You're not the way. Do you would you reckon Mate. in that state when it's well, I suppose it's warm and clammy and 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 obviously I couldn't understand how how to how you know the conditions are in the Amazon because I've never been. But would you be fully naked in a boat? Or would you wear anything? Or do you think maybe their clothes are just well, screwed? You should be travelling. Yeah, he should be maybe washing his clothes or something. <laughs> Jungle, the jungle terrain. Got tired. <laughs> GoPro went up. Mate, I'd be terrible on such a heavy sweater. I just. Uh, yeah. I don't know if I'd Mate, be. This able is to... all linking back to, uh, to, you know, your your the very beginning your zodiac. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> you know, if if if, if your if your dominant if your dominant organs uh as your metal, your lungs and your large intestine, what are you, what's overriding that? So my lungs Sweaty. and my large intestines. My dominant organs. Yeah. Yeah. God, mate, my lungs are in jeopardy, weren't they? Because <laughs> I had pneumonia. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I need to find that picture. I'll find that picture. What just clicked then as you stood up? Here, up here. Your right shoulder. Yeah, yeah. it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it that was. was when your right foot went down. Yeah, it? it was. Mate, this is all linking. It's all. It's just, this and is what, what was your swollen lung? Right side. Yeah, yeah it was. Yeah. <laughs> you just can't make, the stuff isn't you can't made make up. these things up, can you? What happened? What what's, was the first what's Harry thing? Harry Not Harry, sorry, Ed. But just peel back the layers. No, I am Harry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just peel back the layers. Like an onion. Yeah. The layer is the compensation. What is it? I'll try and find it. I'm never. No, I don't know. Actually, it's not really good. When people are listening to things and you're searching on your phone, that must be really annoying. You're going to edit this? Huh? You're going to edit this so we make it interesting? <laughs> no, man, no. You don't need to. This could just... It, upload it raw. This can just be a... Um, this can just be an episode where, I, you know, I'll put I'll put in the bio when people listen to it that it was just something where we were just having a conversation and I turned it on. Yeah. I don't necessarily have to advertise it as much as the others, but we can do. <laughs> mate... It's all good I'd stuff, easy. mate. Yeah, people want to hear this kind of thing, you know? You don't, like... Don't, you're trying, I'm trying to be natural. But you are natural. You just kind of criticised what what would be natural for me, like going no, down do. going down one of the Amazonian rivers and naked in a boat. Mate, that's fine. But that's people don't know you. You're on you're on the show now to to for people to get. Well, this to isn't know. a very good introduction, really. Is it? Yeah, it's fine. It's, <laughs> it's great. Mate, it's a great introduction. It's a great introduction. We do, we can we can do others, but maybe this is like a soft launch. Maybe this is like soft a launch. maybe this is like a right. You know, we've got we've got um, Harry on the show, but instead of introducing him like a typical guest and doing an intro we just talked 
Yeah, and then people. Oh, I'm easy, you know, right? Well, do you want to explore? Maybe, we, maybe, we, maybe we start exploring things. What do you want to explore? Whatever you want. You're on the show, mate. What do you want to talk about? Well, if I come on in the future, I'll come on do some swimming. No, you can talk about that now. You're yeah. here. You're on the show. No, I'm I'm Jamie, I'm Jamie Lang today. <laughs> you're not. You're not the researcher, mate. You're yeah, on. Yeah. You can bring up swimming if you want. He's a top swimming coach. We'll yeah. Do, uh, we'll do that another time. Mate, you can honestly, it's a platform to talk about whatever you want. I'm just here to research stuff for you two. It's fine. Oh, you sure? Yeah. You carry on. I can ask you a swimming-based question. You if can. everyone's so good at the top level, mm-hmm. what separates a Michael Phelps? Because I'm always fascinated by it. everyone at that level is so elite, yeah. and they must be doing everything yeah, they everything. can. Everything. How is someone that much better? What comes to mind if everyone's doing the same thing and everyone is so? No, we're not the same thing, but you know what I mean. Everyone's yeah, everyone's, everyone's at that level. No, and I'm very saying. good. What separates someone like him in the pool? Is it is it because of his? Because technique wise, surely at that level they're they're, they're is, phenomenal. But is it just the way his well, body? Well, you say made? that, but they're yeah. always working on. Something. Um, God, like leading up to Beijing, Phelps was worked on still keeping one of his eyes in the water when he's breathing, which everyone else has got squared away. So there's still technical things for, for people to work on. But the biggest thing, biggest thing for Phelps, apart from maybe working harder than everyone else, would be an obvious thing. You know, he talks, he? he talks about not having a day off for four years, swam every single day as a recover as recovery days as well. What? Yeah, so Christmas, birthday, he swam, but it would be recovery. On his birthday? No yeah. day off on his birthday, Harry. That's always the best day. Though. But the biggest the thing... Biggest yeah, what do you reckon his nervous system is going to be like now after he's retiring after four years of swimming every day like that? So the biggest <laughs> thing is genetic. Scaly. Yeah. You look at Michael Phelps and you would realise he's got very short legs for his height and wingspan. Okay. So he's got like little motorboat legs. He's got <laughs> six foot seven wingspan yeah. compared to a six foot four height. Yeah. Big reach in that water. Oh, that's interesting. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. His feet are size 16, I think. Ah, he's got shorter legs. Oh, so he's got short legs, big fins on the end of them. See, people want to know this kind of limbs. stuff, mate. You, you thought you, that no one wants to well, listen we'll to you. Well, we'll spend a good two hours on it. And mate, whatever you want. But there is, oh. no op- there is no optimal, you know, you've got like a baseline kind of posture that you want to be swimming in when you're in the water. But generally, according to your actual structure, your shape, for example, you yeah. just mentioned Phelps, it's going to differ in certain elements. Yeah, like but then got... you'd have to do a versus of how much does shape does Michael Phelps's genetic shape mm. matter percentage-wise. Mm. Maybe it's more the fact that he's, and I don't know too much about this, you two will know more, his, something to do with his lactic acid production... So when they test his lactate, they do a mm. little blood testing. Mm. Um, he replenishes, he replenishes, not replenishes, maybe he gets rid of it faster. Buffers it. Yeah, yeah you all know the right Yeah, yeah he buffers it. Where's the, high, where's the hydrogen? It's, it's a higher rate, higher rate than most people. Yeah, he's so he's, he's, That's an interesting conversation. His blood isn't as fermented as, as others. Yeah. yeah. Or, yeah, people say that they can, they can because you know that term, mm. the pain cave or whatever, people can, people can withstand, you know, Lactate hell compared to others. Yeah. 
you mm. can train that. So like if we all got on a watt bike now and went as hard as we could, obviously yeah. you know, if, if mentally you could you could keep going there's different you would you would yeah. only stop not because of your mind, you'd stop because obviously your legs would you know, you, you they would give in. Yeah. Whereas what you're saying there is maybe he's got a combination of the both, he's got the ability to buffer and he's so mentally strong that he... That he and physically, yeah. genetically better. Yeah, yeah. But it's speed, isn't it? At the end of the day, it's like you said, you could be really... Technically, you could you could look really good. Yeah. But if you're not quick, then, like, you might look great yeah. in the water, but you need to be quick, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then in the middle of his eight gold medal hall, is he was the only person who had his goggles come off his head or fill up with water. What? Yeah. And he won one of his gold medals... Completely blind, just counted his strength. But what? But what was? Yeah. That is mad. Yeah. That was. I think that was in the two hundred five. He j- dived in, goggles oh, straight up. So who? Uh, he knows. He knows how many strokes to the wall. So he does his last stroke, hits the wall, nose to turn, and then straight back. So whose goggles were they? I bet he never used that company again. <laughs> See you <laughs> later. Well, too bad. They're probably his highest paying company. Oh really, mate? He would have turned around to them and be like, "You guys are useless." I think it was the first Olympian to get a. a for 2008, it was the Beijing ones. It was the first one. If he if he won, what he said he was going to win, he'd get a million million quid. Obviously, Olympians, which is huge money for Olympians. In, yeah, yeah, that's massive. huge. But then you look at someone like Bolt now, and like, these guys are earning. But that's that's like the the classy superstars. The classy yeah. race, isn't it? Everyone wants to watch the hundred meters. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But in swimming, yeah, I suppose you know if he's if he's earning a million pounds. Yeah. In the pool, you know, like jokes yeah. aside. I mean, not Joe Sutter, that's the wrong term, but like obviously you're, that's what you do as a job, so you're heavily invested in it. Yeah. We're interested because of the athleticism, but then in general population, they don't, they don't care about swimming, do they, really, in terms of like as an actual popular sport. Yeah. But when it's at that level, people do watch no. it. Well, if it wasn't on TV, when, before Phelps. Yeah, and then when he when he swims, then God, like, him earning a million pounds of swimming in the pool, that's unheard of. There's an interview of him when he's, you know I mean? when he's like 16, 17, he goes, if I can do well in the Olympics... I'd like it to be shown on TV because of me. Yeah. And like eight years later, it's on TV. Yeah. As in like regular TV. Yeah. It's always on, yeah. What do you guys think, similar to, similar to the Phelps thing with um, Kipchoge and them, the, you know, the Nike getting around him and trying to make him beat that yeah. two outs? Because that, may, that makes he marathon failed, running... Didn't he, didn't he fail? Yeah. It makes marathon yeah. running exciting though, doesn't I it? Because before think... that, no one, you know, watching people run for the, for the majority of the population is like incredibly boring no obviously people tune in for the London Marathon because it's because it's you know it's it's, it's on the doorstep of most people and it's hot E-L-U-I-D and then it should come up with the legendary Kip that would be interesting mate a question for you so again take him for example if they're all mate if they're all doing everything they can again at that that top level how is how is Kip Chogi Three minutes quicker than a Mo Farah because you could argue that Mo, what like what more can Mo Farah do? So he doesn't. Kipchoge's still beating him by three minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Mo Farah is world renowned for being, you know, every everyone knows that the guy is world, a world think, class yeah, you, runner. So how's Kipchoge three minutes in front of him? Like how in can what he distance? Be in, yeah, yeah, yeah. But he, yeah. Mo Farah's only just gone into the marathon, marathon distance. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I thought started. that's what he did, and then he went into track no, and he's he come back. Five k and ten k. Oh right. Oh, I just thought he had a better. I thought he had a base in. No, no, no. His his speciality is five k, ten k. I think. Oh, right, there's two disciplines. Yeah. Oh, okay. He's only just gone into marathon. Okay, so, so they... the fastest marathon at the moment is two minutes, uh, two hours, two minutes, fifty-seven by Dennis Kimeto huh? of Kenya. No. Uh... Berlin Marathon, twenty fourteen. 
Yeah, that was recent. But that's outrageous. Two minutes, two hours, well, two minutes. There was a night that. Alright, that's almost as quick as you, mate. Yeah, we're talking a good forty seconds. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean let's be honest. Yeah, What's I- he running per mile there? Up. How can anyone? What's what's he running on there, mate? Tendons or something? How's yeah. he running that quick? Yeah, yeah. That's outrageous. You watch them. Some of them look. You think, how the hell are they doing? <laughs> from a mechanical point of view, really? but the efficiency is ridiculous. Yeah, it's yeah, it's so graceful and their strides are huge. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, it is it is class to watch them. There's different different standard. Yeah. Wow. But, you know, hats off to them. You know, like, like to see them do, uh, do a cute... No, I'm joking. I can't be like that. Do a pull-up. Yeah, <laughs> mate, definitely. Someone like, from... Do you reckon Kip Chogi can do five mate, pull-ups? He's cracking out muscle-ups on the rings. Mate, literally. do you reckon? Do, will got... he have... I know, I know for a want of a better term, but will he have a movement coach? Or will he have someone... Mate, you, you see those guys and like, they can't who even will touch, he, who, touch their knees. Who will he hands. have but off, off when he's not running, like in his support team? Do you reckon that like someone that good at running? Does any will anyone push him around? Well, the thing from is, a, these like, map? yeah, these like pro athlete people, they're generally they've got to that level because they've done what they've done and they just stick to it. Hmm. As soon as someone external tries to come in and sort of say, oh, maybe you should be doing this, they freak out. Yeah, how are they going to react to it? Some, yeah. some, especially when they've known that they're on like a progressing train or they're at, yeah, they have kind of performance. Hmm. Do they want to dive into? Doing, to, doing something different you know if they've got if they enjoy what they do and they're seeing results then like I said you look at some of these Kenyan guys they can't even touch their, their hands or their knees mm. just because the way they're built it's just, it just doesn't doesn't work for them people are always obsessed with mobility mm. but the specificity of what they do mm. yeah of course they can't they may not be able to but they don't need to. It's like a deficit yeah. deadlift, but no. it's a requirement for them to. No, the requirement is just running quickly. Yeah. So I've had to triple check this because I can't quite believe the pace. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right, so two hours, and it's two minutes, 57 seconds is the fastest marathon. Marathon is 26 miles. Yeah, 26.2. 26.2 miles. What pace do you think they're at? That? Take minute per minute mile. Per minute mile. What do you it think? It must be four minutes something, isn't it? Under four minutes. The average. Well, they are, we worked out the other day. We've got to take a wild guess. Four fifteen. Yeah. Four minutes fifteen seconds mm. for an average. Mm. Well, I'm trying to do the quick quick maths. No, well. no, just, just <laughs> check it out. What do you think? Yeah. Uh, you have to go four, higher or lower, don't you? Yeah. Four oh seven. Oh, just yeah. You could have said four four minutes forty one seconds. Oh. That's blinding quick. That's unbelievable. Yeah, my maths is really poor there. Four, minute, four minutes. <laughs> I should. I should know that. Yeah, I should oh, know yeah, that. I four minutes. Four minutes. I was just seconds, guessing. Fair, just getting on, ten past ten. Mate, don't worry about maths, mate. People aren't listening for you to calculate things. Oh, mate, I've never been good at maths. That's why. We, that's why we've got a chief researcher here. <laughs> that is crazy fast. Nuts. It's crazy. Imagine cracking 20 miles and you're still. No, but, but imagine at... running a mile. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Four, four. Oh my god! Yeah. Think about running a mile. Everyone listening now, think about running a mile under five yeah. minutes. One what mile. do you think best effort mile? Mate, you think, mile would you, be? You know, when I drive down to Devon, I'm like four minute miles, decent, decent average pace there. Just <laughs> driving, driving. In yeah. The car. <laughs> yeah. You, know, you, you go past Stonehenge, and if you're like 
averaging over five minute miles. You're like, <laughs> fuck it up. Yeah. That's cool. It's crazy. Isn't it? Amazing. That's Kipchoge's boss. The, the name as well. Yeah, that is cool. It's cool. Yeah. interesting look at those guys' shoes. See if the um, you know the people like oh, I forgot his name now. Um, Kipchoge. Kipchoge. Uh, the sole of his running shoes while he's sporting on a marathon. What are what the Nikes? Mm. Yeah, what do you think of that? Don't they have something where they're meant to be more not more supported, but there's meant to enhance their performance in in the shoe because isn't it something where are they further forward? Are they landing where they're, they're landing? They're going to spend less where, time on the heel. Yeah. Where they're landing, Nike have created something. Is that what you're saying? Like a little power well, boost thing. Nike have created something because then they're, they're landing. Yeah. Further, well, not further forward because no one mm. no one really lands on their heels when they're running a lot, do they? Especially well, nowadays. Well, at that pace, no. Yeah. No, I'm not saying it's... I mean, a... to run on your heels is, is, can be a good thing for some people. Yeah. But yeah, wherever you look to the shoe. If I'm honest, no. The, the thing is, Nike bring out so many different shoes and yeah, they always say the next best thing. It's a bit like... But when their brand's that accepted, isn't it? People are just going to put them on. Yeah, then it, yeah. But it's comfort as well, isn't it? Like, yeah, if you're, you're running for what the average person runs in a marathon in what? Well, for them, it's not comfort. Four and a half hours. It's a sponsorship deal. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, of course. So yeah, the uh, 2018 Nike's 130 pound marathon shoe, the Nike Zoom Fly, God. built with a carbon infused nylon plate, inspired oh. by the Vapor Fly. Oh, there you go. It's gonna help Our you, most it? efficient marathon shoe ever, the Nike Zoom Fly Men's Running Shoe, is perfect response to the demands of your toughest tempo runs, long runs, and race days. Oh, tempo runs, Harry. Looks good, but the heel is absolutely ginormous on it. But is that hill ginormous? Because if they're landing on a forefoot at that speed, and they're never gonna, people think you need to run on your, on your forefeet in order to, to run because of elasticity. But in order to get the stretch reflex cycle, your heel has to drop at the trigger. So if they're always on the forefeet. Well, luckily we have a lovely video from Nike showing us that we should roll from our heel to our foot. Nike. That's breaking, ankle, breaking ankles since the 1800s. Well, no, like I was saying, like <laughs> if, if, if you look at if you look at knee mechanics, you know, landing on your heel is a good thing. A lot of people they claim they've got you know iliotibial band syndrome, so sort of pain on the outside of their knee. It's generally because well a few things, but if they're trying to land on their forefoot, then their fibular head isn't going to allow to glide forward at the knees. So. Yeah. So for those people, you're saying sometimes it might be better if they're landing. Yeah, yeah I've experimented as well. You know, I've got this friction on the outside of my knee. It's because my fibula head is jammed posteriorly on my knee and not gliding forwards. It has to, in order for it to glide forward, I need to pronate to allow space at the outside of the ankle for that to come back so my, the side of my knee can come forward. So you've experimented by trying to change the way you run? Yeah. That must be hard. Well, if because you're deliberately trying to do something that you've naturally done yeah. forever. Well, so, I've, I've naturally had a forfeit running. No, no, but I'm saying if you're if you're deliberately trying to run in a different way, that must be quite strange for your body, especially like your mind, and then. Well, yeah. But if I you're mean, seeing, if you, if I don't know, if if it's yeah, for if, you, if it's, it feels good. For you, it's different because you, 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 as part of what you do as a job, you're always looking at if you do this, how do you feel, or laying feedback or things like that but you know imagine trying to get someone to run differently is quite a uh, yeah trying to complex convince, task convince that, people 
um, this happens. But if you just explain the mechanics of it, then they can see a rationale in it and try it themselves. You know. Well, the big big hype about the running feet was that book, wasn't it? The Born to Run book. Mm. Do you remember? Do you read yeah. that? I haven't read that. And that that just opened up a massive market. For a lot of people yeah. told me about that. For barefoot running, it's like, you know, it was a great book, really good book. Is it? But there's That's still what... still the big thing about that was you know reduce your injury risk or rate by landing on your forefoot. It's like it's not always the case for some people. It's mm. like swimming. Well, it's just individual, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, but you look at the mechanics. Most people have got very similar mechanics so when it comes to true movement. And if they're landing on their forefoot, what are they missing in their chain? It, it all comes back to your centre of mass. If you're landing on your forefoot, your body will always want to travel backwards because forefoot landing is speeding up the rate of your centre of mass. So if your hips are still behind, or the ideal position is getting your foot underneath your hips, but most or underneath your pelvis, most people can't do that unless they're seriously trained in it. So their, their mass of their foot is going to want to travel back towards the mass of their pelvis so you're always going to land you're always going to travel towards the heel no matter what so if you miss the heel to begin with then you're almost sort of reducing or you're changing the time in which your joints move but but was that book advocating that everyone should do that or was he giving no, you his perspective his, his personal because that's dangerous isn't it you can't no, be you can't just... be telling people to to yeah. chuck away their shoes and start running no no well, the good, minimalist. one of the good that's points what, he made that's was nuts like oh the you know the heading of all humans were born to run barefoot that we weren't born to run barefoot on concrete were we man made pavements god no no but if, you're on, a, if you're on a trail or if you're on sand yeah. if you're on grass but I'd assume most people could they could train it like you said some people it won't be good for them they would get in pain but you could take if you eased into it and everyone just popped mm. off their shoes and you and people started not in London that'd be disgusting no. but like if they all started doing it out around here and people were just running around barefoot you know it'd be sore for a bit but then yeah. you would but you see these some but people but like the surfers but or whatever dudes that are like 60 and they've just got gnarly like sunburnt yeah. wrinkly skin and their feet are like in these flip flops and they're not even feet anymore are they they're like the bottom of them but are just the, thick. the thing is yeah it's, they're, it's, they're, they're, yeah, it's, it's like callus. tissue isn't it callus. I don't know yeah, it's yeah, just, callus is so they, they won't, won't even feel it they'll be walking on like jaggedy rocks for their yeah well that's years. it if you're always constantly outdoors walking your bare foot your, mm. your, your skin's going to be tougher but it's then it's like people will resort back to oh yeah your hunter gatherers it's like yeah they're on their tiptoes and running around chasing animals but once they've got that animal, if it's big enough and they lump it over their shoulder, like they're going to start walking, aren't they? They're going to they're walk. They're not going to run. Oh, is so, that what they're saying? People are always on their toes, like chasing things. Well, that's what they say, isn't it? Yeah, that's interesting. People surely not. People that... rest sometimes. <laughs> and then you've got to walk around I saw sometimes. It, I saw yeah. you just remind me about the calluses. I saw <laughs> this vid- video on the Joe Rogan podcast. Uh, uh, a couple of months ago, maybe last year. This is in India. I'll show it. Look at the. I'll just show you. <laughs> oh no! Oh, he's cut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you want to describe that, Matt? Oh, so for the people listening at home, for people that can't see this, he's taking a knife to his, the sole of his foot and slicing it, and there's dead skin coming off. Just uh, thick. Ha- Harry works with with people. For a living in their feet and yeah, I, I and, see a lot of feet. What are you thinking right here when you see I mean, this? It almost looked like he's he's just it's like a hobus hobus bit of bread, there, Mate, no. and he's just dropping away <laughs> yeah. slices. It's not multi seeded either. It's like no. pure, 
Mate, it's not sourdough, is it? No. Well, oh, mate, yeah. <laughs> that is horrendous. It's bad, isn't it? God. That's just rotten, mate. <laughs> that is absolutely <laughs> hanging. But fair play to him, you know, he's got the balls to, to, to do that. You know? Mate, he's got good knife skills. I quite like having this, having this research, <laughs> the research side of the pod. And you should have it like uh, What's the load of podcasts when they start, they'll just do have the laptop in front of you. Yeah, I should. No, but it's good. It's and good. You're to not be... filming yourself. No, so it's good to experiment. Yeah, it's good to. You just got to be make sure like you. Um, mm. Otherwise, you'll just get caught out doing that. Yeah, yeah, you would. Yeah. Well, this has been a good chat, lads. We haven't really discovered much, or. No. As we haven't. We haven't should... got more intelligent from this. But should we wrap it up? I think we probably should. <laughs> we've, got things, we've, got, we've got things to do. We've got things to do. We've got to go to bed. Well, I'm sure. Well, you've got to go to bed, lovely people, because you've got you've got you've got to get the sleep in. That that's another thing we can explore. Sleep is big, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's it. <laughs> do you, are you getting enough sleep? Am I? Uh, I feel I do. Yeah. How much How much would you recommend people get sleep? Oh, it's anything under seven hours. Isn't isn't particularly good. I think. <laughs> Anything under. Yeah. I, I, think, thought, I thought I said how much do you recommend people sleep? Oh, I recommend. No, I recommend, no, I recommend people sleep seven hours plus, but then, yeah. That's some people. Minimum, some people so. say, look, like I can operate with less sleep, but then again, you know, if we look that up, I bet it's very very few people who, yes. have, who have the genetic propensity to be able to sleep a few hours. Well, yeah. um, but it's interesting, mate. The Matthew Walker podcast again. We're going back to Joe Rogan. Was exceptional. You have to listen to that. Well, the uh, have you listened to Aubrey Marcus? Neuroscience. No. Does that even exist? What neuroscience? Yeah. Does it exist? Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, <laughs> mate, he was Aubrey, an epic. Aubrey Marcus, the owner of Onnit, just released a book talking about sleep as well. Instead of thinking about how much sleep you should get in one sitting, he's talking about with with someone come on his podcast on professional i'm not sure yeah talking about sleep cycles in the total week yeah so you should be aiming so sleep cycles in like REM sleep or deep sleep mm. usually between like three and four hours mm. and you should aim to be getting a certain amount of those throughout the week so if you're only sleeping four hours a night mm. because you're maybe ceo of a business if you then start you know getting good naps in throughout the day yeah, that's that. interesting. Or oh, but then people say, is it can you can you can you catch up on it? But then this guy, well, it's Matthew not, it's Walker, not about was saying no. Up, yeah. yeah. Um. Your your um. The chap that we're working with together, he's quite good with um, yeah. tracking his sleep. He has something that pulls out. So he has an app on his phone, and then he leaves that obviously near the bed, and he has something that goes out under the mattress, and it and it measures tons of stuff. He was showing me all the data. Oh, Steve, did he share that with you? No, I always say, how's how's your sleep? It's interesting, mate, because obviously his lifestyle, um, and yeah, he pulls out all this data on the sleep, and it's interesting. And I've got it written down the name of it, but yeah, he he tracks it. But it's like something that's attached to the bed. Mm. But then again, yeah, yeah I don't know. But I feel like I'm lucky because I'm similar to my dad. I can sleep anywhere, any time of the day if I really want to just well, switch off and snooze. It's well, isn't it? That's why. Yeah, probably. And then, <laughs> but, but I don't know. I feel I'm someone who can wake up in the morning and I'm ready to go. So I'm kind of, yeah, I'm more aware, uh, I don't know, I'm more aware of when I feel more rested, because I, especially now that I'm busier work-wise, trying to combine work and exercise, when you've slept more, you can kind of hone into that. Yeah, well sleep is like a calorie, isn't it? Mm? Sleep is like the calories that you want more of. Mm. That's quite a good quote. Yeah. <laughs> you going to Google that one? Mate, that's quality, that's quality. 
I've got I've got another one here actually. Well, we we ended there, don't we? <laughs> huh? We're wrapping up. I'll just finish with a quote. That was fab. I've got a good one. Maybe we end on that. Should we end on yours? No, wait, wait, scroll through. Give I've it, give it some. Um, where is it? <laughs> Results happen naturally when your motivation is pure. That's that's Who really cheesy, that? isn't it? Huh? Who said that? Those motivational quotes, it's just bullshit. You want like factual quotes. No, I know, but I quite like that because you can break it down. You can start with that and then when, when I speak to someone and I use that as a term or something or I put it in an email, you can like you can talk around it. Yeah. But it's never you're never gonna go to someone and be like, There, that's it. That's <laughs> it. Excuse me. Here's your plan, like leave. Because I have more time with the person, but then it's quite you know, I like that, but then I'd pull other yeah, things yeah. Out around it. Oh mate, there are loads, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was speaking yours is my favourite though so far go, go, you know for example there's this, this girl who has a tattoo and we're talking about when it comes to her movement it's like you know what is the rationale from getting a tattoo there in that particular place if you've had history there are you trying to either cover something up or are you trying to fill a space so we talk like you know space fills space if you, tr- if you create a movement somewhere that opens it's going to somewhere else that space that you've opened up there is going to fill another space that's closed over here. Mm. Um, but it's load. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. So like when I stood up there and something clicked in my shoulder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's is that a closing of space in your shoulder for opening up something, something else? Something else. Yeah, space for space. Um, Mate, we're gonna have to do more episodes. And the way that you break, you breathe out there, and then your your shoulder rolled in. So like they say, breathe through your bones. What are you? Uh, the side of my body is pretty compromised, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of emotional issue there, isn't there? There is, mate, there is. Especially when you're getting cut up and, you know... That was intense. In surgery. Mate, that was intense. Oh, that bloke with that foot. I had some, uh, yeah, I had some, had some dark nights there. God. Yeah. When I had that tube, I had three three tubes coming out of me and you have this little chargeable pod filling with your own body. <laughs> I should, you, I mate, should laugh. Honestly, mate, because you lift it up and you're like... And you put it back in nice. your little docking station and then you're yeah. like... And you're walking around a little bit. And I was quarantined. That was really hard. I was in the same room yeah. for almost six days. As long as that. No one around. Really? No, obviously, yeah. People came. <laughs> Found my, mom and, my mum and dad came. Bryony came. And then, uh, obviously, nurses in and out. And then the specialists would see me in the mornings. But it was because I was transferred from a London hospital to um, a hospital in Norwich. And they had to um, they had to swab me for a, um, a, a gut bacteria. And yeah. obviously, if I, if I had... And I was in an open ward, um, and I and I could have given it to someone who might not have been able to fight it off. Yeah. You know they could have died. So it was like as serious as that. But sure. I knew I didn't have it because, well, I'm not stupid, but I just assumed I didn't because, you know, you just don't think you do. But they're like you're gonna have to do a swab every two days for six days. Yeah. So you can't you can't leave the room. And I only left the room. Uh, twice for x-rays actually but then there was the whole Hannibal Lecter thing they put a huge thing around my face yeah. and I had to stay on my bed and they like moved me around but I was I felt fine I knew I was fine the results came back and I didn't have it but it's just if you come from like a Manchester or London based hospital they yeah. say I can't remember what it was um, but yeah what the strand of bacteria you're looking for something yeah something like yeah. that and you can obviously give it to them it was, it was unpleasant yeah, not nice, mate. Where the swab went, was, it was unpleasant. Oh, you got the scars Where to was it? Mate, straight into the bum. Was it? Yeah. Heavy. Okay. Fantastic. Yeah. Emotional. <laughs> <laughs> and they lost one, actually. They lost one, so they had to do four. 
That was, they that lost was, one. That was a low did point. They, did they what, return? Out the bum. Huh? They lost out the bum. No, nah, it came back out. <laughs> Sorry, mum, if you listen to this. Um, and well, uh, I apologise to everyone. Yeah. <laughs> I think we should finish. No, that no, they lost it. They lost it. They, That's uh, a they, 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 they took it and obviously like put it somewhere to on file or test it. And then one of the nurses came back in the next day and was like, "Oh, we need to repeat this test because we can't find the sample or whatever." So that was like your that was low. Yeah. I was I, I was at a low yeah. point there. You know, I'd obviously just had blood taken and tubes re- recalibrated or whatever. Massively it was. low. And, but mate, I'd say the doc, the doctor on ward four obviously looked the life at you and uh, was like, "Mate, do another no a swab on it." Oh mate, no, it definitely wasn't like that. But to be fair, there was twenty seven of us on this respiratory ward, and I was the only one who, you know, okay, I couldn't walk a ton because I just had like minor surgery. But you know, compared yeah. to everyone else, that when I finally got out of my room, that you could see it's a it's huge great. eye opener. Yeah, Jeez, massively. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nurses, they're unbelievable. Just crack on. Don't know how they do it. Mate, superhero, isn't it? The unsung heroes in this. Uh, maybe I should get. Age. Maybe I should get some nurses on the pod. Mm. Anyway, that took a bit of an interesting turn. Yeah. <laughs> what was your quote again? I, I like that. I don't. I, maybe they just come off. They oh, quote oh, the oh, sleep. Huh? The sleep quote. He said something about calories, and sleep. Oh yeah. Okay. You remember it. Um. Yeah. Sleep is the calorie that you need. Everyone. Um, <laughs> I no, can't remember something it. Something on the lines. It was really the good. You always need. Sleep is the calories you want in surface, something like that. But mm. I'm, I'm trying to make a an intention to actually record some of the shit that comes out of my my mind throughout the day. Do you dictate? That's what I mean. Yeah, try, yeah, try I and need do to that. do more. I need to do more of that. Um, especially when you're working from home, you can just dictate emails. You don't mm, need to yeah. write, and then you can stand instead of being like flexed over. Or you just you know on the on the. Or what? And it will just type out. For yeah, you just talk. Yeah. How much easier is that? It's a word pretty well. Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't pick up some of the wordings. If you speak an American accent, it does. <laughs> <laughs> but how's your American accent? Oh, mate, pretty good. Yeah, I bet it is. You've been working in America. I've been used to work there, mate, yeah. So where did you work again? Pennsylvania. So do it, yeah, that's good. Mate, you want a Theo Von accent? No, no, yeah, that guy is mega, wasn't he? Yeah, he's so southern, isn't he? Oh, he's southern. Yeah, yeah. That guy was so good on that pod. He's so funny. We can't keep talking about other people's podcasts. Well, yeah, I had a client once, female, who was spoken that accent. I was like, fucking hell, your accent's decent. Yeah, it's a Like, it's that Cajun chicken. Don't let it get around you. Get the shotgun. Get it. Get in there, boy. Nice and be black. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh dear. Right. Right, decent. So when we, yeah, we'll do a um. We should get you. We'll get you guys back on. Hey, you need a studio. You need to set up a studio in your kitchen. No, I will. I will. But we'll do. We'll do something. The conversations we had about swimming and about movement and running and things as well. Because yeah, do specific. Oh, it's it's an endless, endless. It is, but these are good as well. These are good as well. And if people are specific, specific topics are great. But I think some of the most successful podcasts are actually. Just conversations, aren't they? Yeah, but this is this is this is why I started to do this because this is also fun. And we're having a conversation. And if anyone gets anything out of it, it's useful. It's well, easy to listen to though. When it's just conversations, it's not like a heat topic. I'd it's quite easy like to work out how, to. like what a listen is counted by as well. Is it if someone just listens to my podcast, turns it on for a minute? No, you should have a analytic have that? that says like amount of minutes listened to. All oh, right, okay, I'm going to look that up after this. What app is this anyway? Instead of just like views, because view, view, could, be, mate. Oh, nice. view could just be like one second, couldn't it? Mm. Which might not count. Okay. You want total minutes? I'll look that up. All right, lovely people, until next time. Thank you and good night. <laughs> Thank you. Finish introduction.